you or someone you love needs help for an addiction, where do you turn? Foundations Recovery Network offers individualized treatment for the whole person. Our goal goes beyond short-term sobriety. We address substance abuse and co-occurring mental health issues together, providing a firm foundation for long-term recovery. The first step is often the hardest, but we're here with a free assessment, insurance information, and treatment options. Our confidential helpline is available 24-7, so call 877-714-1318 and discover the Foundation's Recovery Network difference today. This is Rich Roll, and you're listening to Sober Guy Radio. Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to Humans for bringing us in. Thanks to you for supporting the show. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to that Sober Guy podcast. I'm coming to you today from a hotel room in Fresno, California, getting ready for uh, work day tomorrow, staying overnight down here. So uh, I thought, what a better way to spend my evening doing a podcast. And what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about five ways to stay sober on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's coming up, the holidays are coming up, it's an important time where people get together, they party down. I know I had a lot of crazy times uh, holiday and during the holidays, the holiday season, uh, and uh, it's always good to have an outlet and some things to, uh, to look to during some of those times when it might be difficult to stay sober. Uh, so before we do that, Be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com for past episodes, for resources. Uh, You can also connect with us on Instagram at realthatsoberguy and on Twitter at Shane Raymer. We have two live shows coming up December 1st at Journey Coffee Company in Vacaville, California. Uh, We have special guest Wordsmith from Neighborhood Hope Dealer and Philip Wright joining us. And uh, two awesome dudes. We may have a third guest uh, to be announced um, haven't locked that one in yet, uh, but that's December 1st at 7 p.m. in Vacaville at Journey Coffee Company. Company, And then also, um, we're going to be at the Hollywood Improv January 20th uh, with special guests Darren Prince and Brandon Novak. Uh, they both have uh, a couple of books, so they're going to do a book signing afterwards, hang out a little bit, uh, talk some recovery. We're going to have a damn good time at that and uh, with that. And thanks to uh, Mark Saratella. Uh, for helping to uh, put this show on down there. Uh, So for tickets to that, um, you can go to www.soberguy.com slash live shows. The link is on there. Uh, And for more and any more information. Uh, And then you can also go straight to the improv site. uh, If you want to buy tickets there, that's improv.com slash Hollywood. And you can get your tickets there. Uh, also be sure to check out the TSG merch store. We have some shirts. We have some lady shirts. we got coffee mugs, uh, some hoodies, uh, help support us, support your recovery. Uh, you can get some of that merch at thatsoberguy.com. Click on the store tab. And then, uh, last but not least, such an important thing. Do you need some help? Uh, do, do you have a loved one who needs some help? You don't know where to turn to. Uh, there's lots of resources out there. One of them that we work with and we've worked with for, uh, a few years now is Foundations Recovery Network, and uh, they're great. They have confidential and private, uh, they have a confidential and private line. That phone number is 877-714-1318, and you can contact them. You can ask some questions. You can get some information that you need for yourself or a loved one. They have nationwide residential and outpatient facilities. 
uh, all across the country. So there's definitely going to be some, uh, some uh, facility or someone in the area that you're in that they can connect you with. Uh, so be sure to reach out to them if you are looking for uh, some help. Once again, that's 877-714-1318. Now, if you keep hearing water coming on and off, that is because, like I said, I'm in a hotel room right now. And I keep hearing the water go on and off and on and off and on and off. And I don't know if people are taking showers or shits or they're, you know, flushing the toilets. They're buying shit out of the vending machine, I, I noticed, which is right next to me. You got, I'm close to the elevator, so there's people making noise walking by. So, uh, yeah, we're just doing it live tonight, man. We're, we're in, the, uh, in the old live scene here up at the old Double Tree. Double Tree is actually a pretty pretty dang nice hotel, I gotta say. I'm pretty lucky in that aspect. I'm not stuck at a. Uh, uh, I was gonna mention a specific name, but I actually won't do that. I'm not stuck at one of your shit bag hotels, which is great. I don't want bugs in my bed, and uh, you know I don't want. You know, I was thinking about something too. How many times have people like came in and well, you know what? I probably I, well, you know what? Fuck it. How many times you came in and people like shave their balls or something in this bathroom that I'm staying in right now? How many times is some guy like I'm looking at this couch right here right now? How many times is some guy rubbed one out and just, you know, do, does that get cleaned? It's really gross, actually, no matter what hotel you're staying in. And I come in here and I always do the inspection. I go, yeah, let me inspect here and let me make sure you always find hairs like you hate. Oh God, I hate that. You find a little pubic hair on the toilet seat or something and, and it's kind of grosses me out. So I'm one of those guys who likes to sleep on top of the covers. If I do get under the covers, it gets cold. I'm always doing a very thorough check. I'm going to probe around and make sure there's um, no hairs or nasty shit up in my bed. I need my shit clean. I'm kind of a clean freak like that. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. Am I obsessive a little bit about it? Sometimes. Not always a good thing, but it's all part of the experience, Russ. Oh, I'm so pumped. I've already watched Christmas Vacation multiple times. The old Raymer household got its lights up. Yes, I'm one of those assholes who decorates right after Halloween, even before we get to, uh, to Thanksgiving. And here is my mindset on that. Number one, I have kids, which is my excuse when I really want to do it. But I say, oh, it's for the kids. Well, it is for the kids. It's also for me. Christmas goes by so fast. And I want to get the full effect of it. I want to enjoy it. I don't want to put all that work in to doing Christmas. And then all of a sudden, you know, you put the lights up. You put all your decorations out. You're in the Christmas spirit. And then the shit's over. I want to enjoy it. So if I got to put stuff up before Thanksgiving, so be it. So be it. You know, I think Buddy and I were talking one, one time, um, gosh, this is a while back now. And I think he said, I, I was telling him, I think, how much I love Christmas and how much I love just the way that it feels. And everyone's pretty, for the most part, generally happy. And they, they like to serve others for the, for the most part. Most people do. Um, if you're not a complete dick. Um, you know, that's what you do. You serve, you're, you're nice. You're, you're a little more nicer than you, than you normally would be, right? You tend to let the guy have the parking spot. Uh, well, although we do hear about the people that bust out into large uh, all-out brawls over a parking spot or a motherfucking television that's on sale. What is wrong with people? What is wrong with people? Like, okay, let me just stop right there. Let me, let me stay on track here. So, I'm going to try to stay on track and I totally forgot what I was going to say right there. 
um, people are generally nice. That's what it was. And we were talking, buddy and I, and he goes, man, could you imagine if everybody was nice year round? They were nice year round like they were on Christmas. And I started thinking to myself, and I said, damn, why can't we have a year round Christmas spirit? And, I, and then, then the idea came up after that. I said, you know what? One day, if I ever have a spare room, I'm going to have a Christmas room. And I'm going to have that shit decorated year round. And then I'm going to go in there one day. I'm going to go, oh, look at this. Check it out. I'm going to bring my son in there, bring Jess in there. And go, hey, grab a gift. Or when my guests come over, I'm going to say, come on in the Christmas room. We're going to have some, uh, <laughs> gonna have some Christmas tunes going on. Uh, you know, I'm, I've already been rocking the Christmas tunes, man. I got my Spotify playlist. I just love it. I just absolutely love it. So we got the lights going at the Raymer house. Everything's going down. We're in the spirit already. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I know we're talking about Thanksgiving here and you're probably going, what the hell is going on right now? So we're going to get into that in just a second. Five ways to stay sober on Thanksgiving. Last thing I want to do is read an iTunes review. Okay. I don't do this every episode. Haven't done it in a while. Came across one today. I said, you know what? I'm going to read this. If you haven't left us an iTunes review, please do so. Appreciate that. This one comes from Tina Katz. It's a five-star review. And uh, she says, this podcast speaks to me on so many different levels. As those you may know who have started listening. I work with addicts and this podcast gives me so much help, uh, so much helpful information on how to help my patients as well as myself. God bless. So Tina Katz, thank you so much for uh, the review. Do appreciate those. It's always nice to see that um, this show is helping somebody out there because sometimes I don't know what the heck I am doing. And I wonder, um, wonder how I even got here some days, but it's all about following uh, the next right thing, I guess. And this is where it brought me to a hotel room in the armpit of California, Fresno talking about five ways to stay sober on Thanksgiving. Also want to say a shout out to my homie Ryan. Him and his lady came over last night, had some dinner with us, had a really, really great time. It was great to connect with him again. So just in case he decides to listen to this, I love you, brother. So good to hang out. So good to reconnect again. Uh, and thank you for coming over and hanging out with us. Awesome stuff right there. Five ways to stay sober on Thanksgiving. How many times am I going to put this off? I just thought of a story as well before we get to this. And you're probably, if you're still listening to this, you're going, Jesus, I love you, Jesus, but hurry up. What is taking so long? I remember as a kid, we used to go out to San Jose to go uh, to Thanksgiving. I, I was really young at this time too. And we'd go to Nanny's, Nanny and Pa's house. Nanny and Pa lived in San Jose, and the whole family was there, man. We had a big family on my dad's side. All the cousins, all the aunts, all the uncles, the second cousins, the great uncles, I mean, all together. Um, and I had my second cousin, David, was there. And I think he was just a, a – he's a couple years older than me, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, you got – the I mean, probably 30, 40, 50 people, I think. And in the middle of dinner, David's a kid at the, you know, by the way, just want to make that clear. He's, he's gotta be, I don't know, maybe five. Uh, probably, I was probably five, six. He's probably maybe seven, eight. I don't know, somewhere around there. He was a little dude. And in front of everybody, 
he decides to bust out his mom. He goes, mother, he's very proper. Every, he says, mother, and everybody stops. And they all look because these wait, we're at the kids' table down there. We're a very proper family back then, too. Everybody's doing their thing. He goes, did you make this fruit salad? <laughs> she goes, why, yes, I did, David. Mind you, it's completely quiet. And he goes, oh, I didn't know you were capable of it. <laughs> Running joke inside the family, probably not as funny unless you were there. But who busts their mom out like that in front of the whole damn family? You had to have heard that somewhere. You had to have heard it somewhere. So a little memory that I have. And then who the hell eats cranberry? Does anybody out there eat cranberry? Anybody? I don't. I don't, I don't know why people eat cranberry. It's not good. If I want to eat uh, you know, turkey dinner, I'm going to eat turkey potatoes, all that kind of stuff. I don't leave, leave the cranberry out of it. I'll drink some cranberry juice if I want. The other thing too, who eats stuffing out of a bird's ass? Um, you know, we always did stovetop. And I see and I hear people eating the stuffing that comes out of the, the, the butt of the turkey. And I never quite understand that. They call it dressing some people, I think, right? Is that a different thing on different side of the map? Maybe somebody can school me on that. Maybe on the East Coast or the Midwest, y'all call it dressing. I don't know, shit. Maybe in California, you call it dressing. I call the shit stovetop. I want some stovetop. I don't want any stuffing or dressing or whatever the hell it's called out of a turkey's asshole. That sounds disgusting. I know it's cooked. It sounds gross. Save it. Do not want of it. I do not want it at all. Do not want of it. Want it. Want it. Want it at all. I even got my double tree cup here. Check this out for those on video. The double tree. Oh, yeah. All right. So let's talk about Thanksgiving. Let's talk about how to stay sober on Thanksgiving. Some of us love our family. Some of us are extremely excited to get together for Thanksgiving. I'm pretty stoked to get together with my family. I have a badass family. All my family's awesome. I love hanging out with them. Um, some of us, on the other hand, can't stand our family. Uh, we'd probably rather suck a fart out of an old man's ass than spend five minutes with any one of them. Okay, I, I apologize if that's you out there. And I apologize if you would rather suck a fart out of an old man's ass. That's disgusting. I'm actually ashamed of myself for even saying that. Either way, you get the point. And there's one thing that matters. No matter what the circumstances are, if we're going to stay sober, we got to have a plan. Okay? We have to have a plan. And so here's five ways to stay sober on Thanksgiving. And while I'm making this list, I just want to, uh, to say this is assuming that you're in early sobriety. Okay? Maybe your first few months, your first few weeks, maybe even your first year. Um, and I think... You know, at that though, this it really does apply to those out there who are in recovery. No matter how many years you have, a lot of the stuff is is very similar. No matter how much time you have, but you know, it really does apply to those in early recovery. Because I can remember thinking back in my first few months, my first year. Um, you know, the holidays came for me right after I got out of rehab. I think I got out of rehab in September. You know, and then right around the corner was October, November, December, and so some of the stuff. Was, was really hard for me at first. And uh, here's some basic things that, that I thought, um, you know, that, that, that when I thought back helped me, and maybe they can help someone out there listening today. So uh, number one, five ways to stay sober on Thanksgiving. Number one, prepare yourself mentally before you show up. Be prepared mentally. Know what you're going into. 
know who's going to be there. If you, it, you know, if you can, obviously, you know, sometimes other people come friends, family, um, friends of friends, depending on what your family looks like. Do you got a big family, a small family? Do you not have any family and you're going to a public function, uh, you know, or, or someone else's family, you know, maybe you just don't know if you can though, try to understand who's going to be there and try to understand who they are and what they're going to be doing. Are there going to be drinkers there? Does your family drink? You know, obviously a lot of us know if our families drink or not. So we can kind of expect that. Um, if you're going into a place where you don't know, anticipate it. It's the holidays. Usually, unless you're going into a sober home or a sober party, there's probably going to be some wine, some beer, maybe there's hard alcohol, who knows? There's probably going to be some sort of alcohol there. So, so I would say prepare yourself for that, anticipate it, and understand that that could potentially be a possibility uh, when you get there. Now, another part of preparing yourself for that, what am I going to say if anyone asks me why I don't drink or why I'm not drinking or if I want to drink? Um, you know, this is something that when I look back now, I can say I probably should have prayed a little bit about this or meditated on a, a, about it before I went, you know, got into that space and, and really sat back and prepared myself mentally going into whatever situation I'm going into for, for the holiday. Um, you know, and, and thought about it and take it in and, and really try to relax on it. Um, if it's a bad situation and you know, you're going to, if you have a toxic family or toxic friends or a toxic environment that you've been, been invited to, and you're going to that, you might want to double check and you might want to think about that twice. Um, you may, you may want to find somewhere else to, to go, you know, uh, like a meeting or something, which we'll get to later on in, in these, uh, you know, these, these five ways here. Um, but you know, don't put yourself in a, in a situation that you know is going to already be toxic and bad. You don't have to go. So, you know, I want to be clear about that. Yeah, prepare yourself mentally, okay, if it's something that you know that you can, you know, somewhat handle. If it's something that you don't know you can handle, you might want to skip it this year and find somewhere else to go, something else to do until, you know, maybe you have a little bit more time under your belt and you understand that you can go into something and still be, um, you know, still, still stay sober and still be comfortable to some extent. So prepare yourself mentally before you show up. Uh, number two, bring your own beverage and always as much as you can try to have one with you in your hand. This was huge for me in the beginning. I would get club soda. I would get Pellegrino. I would get, um, you know, something that I could put, you know, some ice in. And, oh, so, excuse me, sorry, I was burping there. You see me moving around a little bit. I had to burp. Um, but I, uh, I would have something ready, something in my hand where I felt it, it just, it was a comfort thing. It helped me feel comfortable, like I had a drink in my hand. And also what it did, it was also kind of a deterrent for people early on asking me if I wanted a drink or why I wasn't drinking. Mention that number one. You do get that occasionally. Why aren't you drinking? What, you don't drink anymore? That kind of stuff. I, I noticed that the less attention I gave to it, the less people asked me about it. And people are selfish anyways. They really don't give a fuck, to be honest. Like most people could really care less. Um, you may have friends or family who, 
you know, are a little different than that. And maybe they are the, the type that pressure and that want to know every little detail, why you're not doing this, why you're not doing that. You know, that's something that you can prepare for mentally back to number one. What are you going to say? You know, if someone asks you, why aren't you drinking? Are you going to say, uh, I'm, I'm doing a challenge right now. You know, I'm doing a 30 day challenge. I'm trying to cut it out for a little bit. Are you going to say, I'm a fucking drunk. I have a really bad problem with alcohol. I'm trying to quit. I mean, you can take it on either extent. I would, you know, I think for me, it was easiest to just not give it as much attention, especially in the beginning and not really go into that. And I don't do that anymore either. I just say, oh, I don't drink. You know, if they say, why you don't drink? I'm allergic to it. That's a classic one. You hear that in the rooms a lot. Alcohol makes me break out in handcuffs. That's another one. I'm not saying to say those. I don't say those. They're kind of cliche, I think. I guess they're kind of funny to some people. Um, but you can come up with clever little ways, little one-liners and stuff to uh, kind of find some comedy in it or deflect the situation. Uh, if you have a beverage of your own and a drink in your hand, I think for me, I found that it made me feel comfortable. It made people um, not draw attention to me. You know, if why I wasn't drinking, if it was at, you know, the dinner or whatever, um, you know, and, and just, it helped to diffuse the situation. And if anyone asks, you know, if anyone does ask, you can politely tell them to go fuck themselves and how dare they ask a recovering alcoholic, if you would like a drink, how dare you ask me if I would like a drink? Don't do that. Do not do that. People don't know. People don't get it. People don't understand. Nobody will ever understand what I'm going through, what you're going through. They just don't get it. So be polite, politely decline. Um, you know, I already have a drink. Thank you anyway. Um, that's all you got to do. It's pretty simple. I, I think that was really a big one for me early on. Uh, and then, you know, to, uh, to kind of sum this up, I found most of the time that there's not really a, a need to explain myself. And the more that I feel that need and the more I try to do it, the worse it is. So keep it simple, have something to drink for yourself and, you know, go about your business. Uh, number three, have an escape plan. And remember, if you do go somewhere, you can leave anytime you want. You're not stuck there. And part of that comes with uh, having a, a, an escape route. Know what you're going to do ahead of time. You know, know what you're going to do. Are you going there with your spouse, with your husband, with your wife, with your partner, with your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is, you know, let them know ahead of time or let somebody know ahead of time. And if you're going by yourself, you don't need to let anybody know, you know, depending on what your situation is, but you can tell somebody if you are going with someone say, Hey, you know, I told this with Jess, Hey, look, we're going here. Um, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but I know there's going to be drinking there. If I start feeling uncomfortable, you know, I'm here's, I'm going to give you a, you know, I'm going to come up and say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the car or whatever the little, if you want to do a code word or whatever the hell, you know, works for you. Hey, uh, do some sign language stuff, you know, flip them out, whatever you're going to do. That means I'm leaving. Okay. And I'll call you, I'll text you. I got to go because I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. Um, you know, if you start feeling pissed off, that's another one. You start getting aggravated, irritated. Uncle Ed's being a dick face. He's real drunk. He's making a mockery of the family. He's bringing up old stuff, you know, whatever it is. Or you just want to have a drink. You know, you're just starting to feel like you want to drink. You need to relax. What are you going to do? You got to have an exit plan. You got to have an escape plan. You got to be prepared. Um, so this is something to really think about before you show, see, we're, we're strategizing here. We're really going into 
having a plan. This really is, this is your strategy. This is your plan. These five ways, these five uh, tips or whatever you want to call them. Um, and you do all this beforehand. You don't wait until you get to the party and then, oh my God, everything falls to shit and you end up getting hammered and, you know, running down the street with your clothes off and ended up in the gutter and then a cop picks you up and you end up in jail or with the DUI. That kind of shit happens all because you didn't have a plan. So when we have a plan, when we have a strategy, uh, things can fall into place a lot better. Uh, number four, have someone to call or somewhere to go and not to a bar. <laughs> not to a bar. Um, it's an important thing to have those resources ready to go. So do you got a sponsor you can call? Do you have a mentor? Do you have a friend? Do you have a family member? Do you have somebody that you can reach out to that you trust? Uh, even if you just need to, maybe you got to go outside for a minute. Maybe it's getting a little hectic around the old, the old table and politics is coming up and granny's getting pissed that, uh, that uncle Ed why do I keep bringing up, who the hell is Uncle Ed? I don't know. I'm just making this stuff up, but you feel me, right? You're at the table. Everyone, it's getting heated. The alcohol is flowing, you know, and, and, and you're starting to get angry or whatever. You got to step, maybe you don't want to leave. Maybe it's not to that extent yet, but you can step outside and you can make a phone call. I remember doing this a couple of years back. I had to step outside. I took a little walk down the street and I called Seth and I said, hey, bro, dude, I'm starting to get irritated right now. I really feel like I want to drink right now. I know I'm not going to, but I'm having that urge, man. And that's all it took, man. He, we had a good conversation for 10 or 15 minutes. He helped me to calm down a little bit, regather, you know, myself, my thoughts, um, let those, let those feelings pass. And that's all it took was a phone call. And I went back in and I was fine. You know, so that right there is a very important thing to have somebody to call or a, a resource you can reach out to immediately and know ahead of time who that is. And if you got to set that up ahead of time, just like your exit plan, you can also do that. Hey, Seth, you know, hey, hey, buddy, uh, I'm going here tonight for Thanksgiving. You know, just want to let you know I might have to give you a ring. Just a heads up on that. Cool, cool, cool. You know, good. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll have my phone on. If you need something, give me a holler. You got to have that set up ahead of time. It's so, so important. Um, the other thing, the other parts of that is have somewhere to go. Let's say you do have to leave. Where are you going to go? You know, where are you going to go? You don't want to, you don't want to not have, you know, somewhere that you can go to and end up going to a bar or going to, you know, a restaurant and end up drinking again. You know, that, that kind of shit happens too. Well, I didn't know where to go. I was pissed off. I was driving around and then all of a sudden I, you know, found myself the next morning blacked out in my truck and I had been drinking all night, you know, because he ended up going to a bar, um, you know, have somewhere to go. And one of the things that you can do is you can have a meeting list ready. A, a lot of uh, AA, NA, um, I don't know if CR does it. I, I definitely know AA does it. They do 24 hour meetings around the holidays. So like, for instance, on Thanksgiving, They'll have a 24-hour meeting going nonstop all night long. That way, people who are going through it or who really need a resource, they need somewhere to go. Maybe they don't have family. You know, there's all kinds, all kinds of different reasons why they have somewhere to go. And, um, you know, if you're looking for something like that to put on your little strategy on your plan on what you're going to do so you can stay sober on Thanksgiving, you can go to that soberguide.com slash get help. Just click on the get help tab. 
there's links to AA, to NA, to Celebrate Recovery, and to Refuge Recovery, and it's the meeting finder links on there. So those will help you find meetings in your area. All you got to do is type in what city you're in, and all the schedules will pop up there. So that's a solid resource for you uh, that you can put in your back pocket and know that that's there, that you have somewhere to go uh, in addition to having somewhere, uh, someone to call uh, if, uh, if you need to bounce out. Uh, last but not least, number five, uh, and this is a big one. This is, I, I think this is a really, really important one, and all of these are important, um, is just to have fun. Like really genuinely try to have some fun and, and be sober. Uh, it is 100% possible to have fun and not drink or use drugs. I can promise you that because I live it every day. Uh, and it's actually kind of funny seeing other people get fucked up and not knowing uh, how shitty they're going to feel tomorrow. But you do. You know how. I know how shitty you're going to feel tomorrow, bro. And sorry to say it, but it does make me feel a little bit better about myself. <laughs> you know, uh, man, glad I'm not going to feel like that asshole tomorrow. No offense or anything, but ooh, I'm, I'm happy about that. And, you know, hey, I, I get to be sober today. I get to have fun. I get to genuinely have a conversation and remember it. You know, I get to laugh. I get to enjoy myself. I get to relax a little bit. And I understand for, you know, somebody listening who's in early recovery, that's a little bit different, you know, than it is probably for me right now because I, I've, I have a little bit of time to where I've been able to get past some of those early feelings. But I'm very aware that those feelings can pop up at any time. And I'm still very careful. And all these things that I have talked about uh, in this podcast, I'm very aware of that shit. And I keep all these things in my little toolbox of recovery too. And I know uh, that I can use those or have those at any time. They're, they're available to me. Uh, I have my own strategy for it. And because I never know either. Um, you know, just as much as I think that, oh man, I got a few years, I'm good. That shit creeps up on you. They call it the sleeping tiger. And that tiger still lives in here. It's just sleeping. He's deep asleep right now. But at any moment, that fool could wake up and go absolutely ape shit or tiger shit or whatever you want to call it. That was a dumb analogy there. But um, you know what I'm saying? Like it could literally wake up and I could go nuts. So I always have to be prepared no matter what. At the same time, I want to have some fun. I want to have genuine fun. I want to laugh. I want to joke around. I want to go crazy sometimes. I'm a crazy fool still. You know, I like to party down. Um, we can't hide from alcohol forever. Like, it's inevitable. It's everywhere. Uh, but we can be safe around it. And we can have a strategy if we do have to be around it around the holidays to defend it and defend against the urges and still have fun and party sober. Like, we can have a good time doing it. It is possible. So, I would encourage everybody out there, including myself, let's have some fun around the holidays. Let's enjoy ourselves. We only live once. We only get one family. You know, we, we do. We only get one family. And a lot of us out there, you know, we don't have family. We're not as close as we'd like to be with our family. We got broken families. And I pray for all the families out there who are broken, you know, who are going through things, who have people struggling with addiction out there. Uh, you know, some, there, there's, there's situations that are sad, that are challenging, uh, and, and that can really put, a, put some, uh, you know, some, some hurt on some people's hearts. But at the same time, we have to acknowledge the fact um, that around the holidays, we want to try our best to stay sober and to also enjoy the time that we have together and enjoy uh, some of the good times that we can get because life is short. You know, and even when we're going through things, 
man, we got to try to find the best in each situation. It is about perspective. It is about coming together as a family, mending broken relationships, making amends to people that we've hurt or that have hurt us, all that stuff. And all of that, I don't want to get too far into that right now, but all of that can be done through working a step study program, through getting involved in community, through um, you know, showing up to meetings, CR, AA, NA, Refuge, whatever it is that you do. Getting involved is where you start to deal with those stuff and, and, and you heal broken relationships, broken families, you know, uh, friendships, uh, marriages, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but at the end of the day, hey, if life isn't fun, if sobriety isn't fun, like what the fuck is it all for anyways? Like why? I want to laugh. I want to have a good time. I want to enjoy this life because it's short and, um, you know, we don't know what's coming tomorrow. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the, uh, the podcast today. I hope something I said helped you. Um, uh, for resources, go to thatsoberguy.com. You can connect with us one more time on Instagram, at realthatsoberguy, and on Twitter, at Shane Raymer. Peace, love, respect, and keep your blood 